Hello and welcome to Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with offices in South Florida covering the entire tri-county area from Miami-Dade through Broward through Palm Beach County and also in our 43rd year in Marion County where we have opened a brand new office on Pine Street and Jeffrey, I know that's quite an accomplishment, something you've been working on a long time. Yes, we're really excited and uh, we're finishing up the landscaping uh, the next two weeks and uh, the office is uh, gonna be ready to go. I was in Ocala this weekend and I love the sign, but this was the first chance I had to see it at night. And it is just incredible. For those who haven't been there, it's 1326 South Pine, is that right? You got it. Okay, and it's right across from uh, one of the major hospitals. Advent, Ad which used yeah. to be Monroe Regional. Right, and literally you can see there there is the electronic sign. It's got a, ro a rotating video on there, one of the commercials with you and Carrie. It's just beautiful, and uh, I love the fact how you kept the architecture of this original interesting building. Yes, it's a historical <laughs> building, 1959. Uh, it looks like it came out of happy days, and uh, it's really <laughs> exciting, but uh, it's going to be fun for our friends in Marion County. We want to thank you for uh, watching uh, or listening to the show, and that uh, we're really trying to uh, expand our uh, already existing presence in Marion County. We've been there for 43 years, but uh, this is going to really ramp it up. I want to say something really quick, Jeffrey. I want to throw a shout out to the Boys and Girls Club of Marion County, which I had the honor of seeing in person this weekend. We, we did a fun event. We, uh, co we sponsored a pro wrestling event, a family-friendly pro wrestling event. I have to say, I was amazed at the turnout. Ocala has a history, a rich tradi tradition in professional wrestling. One of the most famous wrestlers in the world, Dory Funk Jr., is from Ocala. And anyway, they had over 300 standing room only people, just an enthusiastic group of families and children who had a wonderful time, but that Boys and Girls Club, I have to say, uh, Tisha Jackson, I believe her name is, is the senior director, and she's promised us a tour very soon, and it's right around the corner from the office. For those of you that don't know, uh, Chris Qualman has a secret life as a wrestling <laughs> announcer, and he, he was able to do that this weekend, right. so he's still pumped up. I'm still pumped up, but it was a great event. We, we, love, we love our people in Ocala, and uh, we're going to continue to do sponsoring some events down there. We have a wonderful show today. It's in honor of the fact that obviously this is Easter weekend. Today for the Christian faith is Good Friday. It's also recognized as the seventh day of Passover for the Jewish faith. And with that in mind, we have two incredibly wonderful, what I'll call young leaders in the faith community in Northeast, in North Central Florida. First, we have Asa Walker, who is the pastor of community development with Westside Baptist Church. And welcome to the show, Asa. Thank you. And uh, thank you to you both. Thanks for allowing me to be here. And congratulations on the tremendous success of this program. After so many years, thank you for what you do in our community. And uh, it's just so evident where your heart and passion is for our community. And this is just an extension of that. So thanks for allowing me to be here today. Well, I'll say thank you very much for that uh, compliment. And I know uh, Westside uh, Baptist uh, Church is a major influence in the Alachua County community. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, the history of the church. Sure, so uh, Westside traces its roots back to 1959. Mm -hmm. uh, we were a mission plant of uh, the First Baptist Church of Gainesville, which mm -hmm. goes all the way back to the mid-1800s uh, in Gainesville. And so they uh, decided that the west side of town needed a church of its own, and so they planted a, a little chapel. And from that, it constituted as its own church in the early 1960s. And uh, in 2001, they relocated to Newberry Road and 98th Street, which is where our main campus is now. And it's just been a journey through the years of serving our community and uh, seeing God's blessing on that congregation and church as we have done that. And so many have partnered with us through the years, and uh, we call many in the community uh, part of our congregation, our church family. And we're happy to just be rooted and planted here in Alachua County in the Gainesville area and be part of the story 
of what has happened in this community through the years. Now, how, how large a congregation did you have? We'll talk pre-COVID because I know things right. have changed a little, but pre-COVID, tell, tell us the size of the congregation and the number of the team members that you had out there and how, what, sure. what it was like. So we, we have about four or 5,000 people that call Westside their church home a big church. Uh, it, it is. <laughs> and uh, so in our services each week, we'd see about 1,200 uh, in any given week. Now with COVID, of course, everything shut down and the whole world's experiencing that. Uh, we did reopen along the way and we've seen a good number come back in person, about five or 600 oh, in wow. person, uh, but the rest remaining online. And so we have both of that, both options available so that as people are uh, making the right decisions for their health, they can still receive their, uh, they can receive all that they would in a normal service just at home. Now you, but you have quite a staff there, right? We do, we've, uh, we've got a good group, about 25 in all. Um, about half of those are, are ministers, others being support staff. And uh, we work together well as a team. And of course, a tremendous group of volunteers, people that just feel called to serve the church in some way and to serve uh, their fellow members and members of our community by volunteering their time, and we couldn't do what we do without them. And what what's your role out there? What's your you can give us your formal title and tell us what you do. Sure. So uh, my most recent role, I've been with the church now about thirteen years in total, mm -hmm. and I've been through several roles from music to youth and now uh, community development. And we decided a couple of years ago that uh, we could serve our community best. If we, we picked somebody and put them in a spot and basically said, you're a pastor, not only to our congregation, but to our entire community. And we want you to be an outward facing minister that, that works in various areas of our community. So I get to do uh, outreach in our, our schools and uh, support our schools in various ways and uh, get to do things like this, like come and sit on a great program <laughs> like stuff, this. Right? The fun sure. stuff, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I also uh, work with a, a group in town called the Florida Leadership Center. Okay. And uh, this is a group that uh, decided that it was the Lord's calling on them to uh, develop a, uh, an organization that sought out and developed and released leaders in various industries that would put their focus on transforming the world for the glory of God. And so that's not only in the religious sector, but education, healthcare, uh, entertainment, uh, government, all of these different areas of leadership that, uh, that people can hold and allowing them to be trained, transformed, and then released to go and help make the world a better place. Let me ask you this, something uh, we were talking about before we, we started uh, the program. I just learned that there are two Easter's. Yes, I, I never, I never realized that. And right. If you could explain that for the benefit of our viewers and listeners, that there are in fact two two Easter's. Sure, and it's it's something that in this country we don't think about a lot because we're Western, right? Um, and so in the West, Easter is traditionally connected with Passover. It's observed the same week. Uh, but if you go back, if you remember your European history. If you ever took that in high school and can brush Way off that knowledge, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there was a split in the Roman Empire and half of the, you know, the Eastern Roman Empire became the Byzantine Empire and the Western Roman Empire is what we think of today as the Roman the, or the Holy Roman Empire it eventually became. And so uh, Catholicism stayed with Rome and was based in the Vatican Mm -hmm. and continue to observe Easter traditionally. But that Eastern Orthodox group kind of came up with its own system. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's the Orthodox Easter that's observed sometimes a little bit later. It's not exactly connected in the calendar. Um, and so it can be confusing. Now you, you, you pick up your iPhone and click on the calendar and the two Easter's are listed. Well, there was one year that they were actually back to back. It was one and then the next week was Orthodox Easter. And we made up this beautiful postcard and we had like 20,000 of these <laughs> printed because we were gonna invite everybody to our Easter services and we put the wrong date. We put the mm. Orthodox Easter instead of the traditional <laughs> Easter. So everybody in town got an invite to the week after Easter to come out to Westside. It, it was, it, when, when we finally saw it, we just had to laugh about it because it, mm. it was too late. But it's like, you know what? We're having church that week too. Just come on out and 
we'll have fun. So two days from now, of course, is Easter Sunday in right. the traditional Western observation, which is April 4th. And then my understanding is that this year, the Orthodox Easter is May 2nd. Yes. So that's, uh, that's a whole month away. Month. Yeah. 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 So and sometimes okay. it's further apart. I, one thing I found fascinating about you is I did a little bit of research, which sure. is part of my job. You've had a very interesting educational and professional journey. Yes. Um, you went to the University of Florida. I understand you went to Liberty Baptist Theological Seminary for yes. your master's. Uh, you worked at the Rights Union like my son did. So yeah. you were you were a student like everybody else. And you worked in Intercom Communications, our good friends with WSKY. I did. How, how did that prepare you for what you're doing now? Well, I was so I was kind of pursuing a career in TV and radio. And, I believe uh, it. You got a, you got the voice for <laughs> Thank it. You. Definitely the face. I got the voice. Nah, maybe not the face. Oh, I don't. don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Uh, so I was. That was kind of where my aim was at, and that's how I ended up at UF and and in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. And so I was uh, pursuing a communications degree at UF. And summer before my senior year, I began interning at the Sky and uh, KTK. Uh, which you guys are on the sky uh, every week and have been for years and years, Law Talk Live. Um, and so I was there doing that internship in the marketing and promotions department, had a wonderful supervisor. Uh, but that was the summer that God really began dealing with me about my future and uh, really turned my attention toward ministry. And so uh, that was the summer I committed. I'd, I'd go into church ministry and so I finished out that internship, finished out the degree, but knew that after graduation that my direction had changed from TV and radio. Now, growing up, uh, what kind of religious background did you have growing up? So I was a Christian growing up, and uh, I, by the time I was 12 years old, I think I knew that church ministry is where my life was aimed, but I didn't know that I wanted that. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought that that'd be boring, that'd be you know not something that I wanted to do. And so I ran from that for a long time, but uh, a calling like that on your life is really something you can't escape. And it's not just ministry that people experience that calling, mm -hmm. but you know, what you guys do is a calling. It's, it's that calling that keeps you there when things get hard and you really, everything in you wants to quit, but you just can't because it's a calling. And so I was experiencing that radio wasn't going to be a calling for me, uh, but ministry was. And so that's how I found my way. And um, so that upbringing really informed that. And the degree in communications, obviously, when part of your role is getting in front of people and either one-on-one -on -one or to a large group of people, communicating deeply held values and truths, that, that's going to be a benefit, knowing how to do that well. I saw one thing in particular extraordinarily interesting about your church. Okay. The Amazon trip that yes. uh, your church does, the medical and dental mission. I think it's called Amazon Vision Ministries. That's Why don't right. you tell us a little bit about that? So there was a group from our congregation that went to Brazil, and uh, they were on the Amazon River. They were ministering to a, a, a remote village off of the Amazon. And this was in the early 90s, and they decided that... They, they felt that same kind of calling that they wanted to reach every village on the Amazon. And so they began sending teams several a year, medical mm -hmm. groups, dental groups. And it was just a year or two ago, they accomplished their mission to reach every single village along the Amazon River through wow. Brazil. And so uh, they, they, it took years and years, decades to do it. Now, this but, is your church alone you're talking about? Or well, other it, churches it began in our church, but it spread to many others. And so okay. Amazon Vision Ministries was set up to kind of be the hub for that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it operates as part of, it's a partnership with who we are. But many churches around the U.S. and the world have participated in that. That's amazing because the Amazon is thousands of miles yes. long. Yes. It's not... Yes. You're not talking about, you know, a hundred miles. Swanee River. Thousands of miles. That's right. that, that is just so amazing. We are just about to go to a break. And I look so forward to talking with you in the next segment. A lot more about what you do personally and about the, the visions and community service really is what uh, amazes me when I look at the things your church does and that you do personally. So we'll talk more about that. In our next segment, I want to remind everybody you are watching Meldon Law and Friends weekly podcast from Meldon Law. I want to remind everybody also, we'll talk a little bit more about it in the next segment, but we still have tickets available 
for some uh, games this weekend, uh, tonight's game. We've already given out the tickets, and we have tickets for Saturday night's game against Ole Miss, and we've got tickets for next week's games, the softball games against USF. Huge game coming up in two weeks, and Gator baseball against Florida State. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Jeffrey Melden and I, thank you for watching. You are watching Melden Lawn Friends. We will be right back. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. Today is Friday, April 2nd. Good Friday, Easter weekend. And as we said in the first segment, this is a very special faith-based episode of our podcast. We're talking to two very dynamic leaders from the central, north central Florida faith community. We've been talking with Asa Walker, the pastor of community development from Westside Baptist Church. Next segment, we're going to be talking with another equally dynamic young man, Mendel Goldman, whose father is Rabbi Burl Goldman from the uh, UF, I can't pronounce it, Lubavitch Chabad. Lubavitch Chabad. I wasn't even close. Uh, congregation, yeah. <laughs> Lubavitch Chabad, Jewish Student Center at UF. We'll be talking to Mendel Goldman. Uh, Jeffrey knows the family very well, talking about his efforts and things he's doing. And I want to also remind everybody, before we get back to ASA, that we still have tickets available for some sporting events. We've been doing this now for a couple of months. Jeffrey, we've got uh, tickets available for next week's baseball game against Stetson, the game the next day later on the 7th against Florida A&M, then the big game Tuesday, April 13th against Florida State. It's great. And uh, our listeners and viewers, all you have to do is go to MeldonLaw.com, the homepage, right at the top. There's a big red bar that says enter the contest, and you can pick which games you want to go. You can enter more than one contest. You, you certainly can, and we have been getting so many people applying for these tickets. And then we get these emails, and they say, I keep trying, I keep trying. You just have to keep trying. And then they win. <laughs> then you'll win. And we've got some incredible softball games coming up. We've got uh, next week two games. Well, we have a game against USF on the 7th. And then on the 10th, Saturday the 10th, we are playing the Gator softball team plays Team Canada. And we're giving away four tickets and a $100 gift certificate for dinner. This will be the only place, Jeffrey, I understand, to get tickets for that game against Team Canada. Yeah, that's going to be a huge game. And uh, to think that the Canadian national softball team is coming down to Gainesville, Florida mm -hmm. in order to play one game with our Lady Gators is quite a compliment to the program. It, it truly is. And like we've been saying week after week, month after month, support these teams. They are so incredibly talented. All these teams in the spring seem to be ranked in the top two, three, four, or five every year. We're so incredibly proud of them, and uh, we, we want to support these games and get you out there. Well, you know, last week was Melvin Law Day at the softball park. Right. And, uh, I took uh, uh, my wife and family out there, and we had a blast. And uh, just to see the Lady Gators team and the, the whole production that they uh, sure. put on at the baseball stadium there is amazing so really is. uh and they're opening you know they're really starting to open up so we would uh, uh encourage everybody enter the contest get involved and uh, <laughs> see what we can do absolutely okay chris let's get a back to uh, our a guest asa, asa walker, walker right the pastor of community development let's just talk about easter for a few sure. minutes here um you know, again you've talked about your life and faith Talk about Easter and how it impacts what it means to the Christian community. Sure. So today being Good Friday, uh, today's a significant day for us because this is the day that uh, Christ was crucified. And so today we, uh, we acknowledge and we recognize the death of Christ. Now, Easter Sunday, or sometimes called Resurrection Sunday, uh, is the day that we celebrate Christ being raised from the dead. And so this is really the core. This is the center of the Christian faith. Uh, you know, we we have a faith because of that resurrection. And so it's kind of the, the centerpiece of who we are. So 
Uh, we recognize both because of the significance of both, uh, that the atonement is that death on the cross, which is today's recognition. Uh, that's our forgiveness of, of sin. And so, you know, sin's a big word that the Bible uses. It, it can be very intimidating. Uh, I like to think of it this way. It, no one's perfect. Like, we, we all get that concept. No one's perfect. And God is perfect. And so it's that crucifixion, it's, it's that imperfection being laid upon Christ and his atonement on the cross that allows us to come into a relationship as imperfect people with a God who is perfect. And so uh, that's what we recognize on Good Friday, Easter Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection, that being the victory over death, the victory over that old life. So... Tell us, for the benefit of our viewers and also our listeners, we have sure, listeners yes. on 39 different platforms, Amazon Music, so many others, Spotify, uh, Spotify whatever uh, audio platform right. there is, we're on there. So for the benefit of everybody, talk about what your specific church has been doing this week and about right. the services on Sunday. Sure. So if you are listening on Amazon Music, how cool is it to say, hey, Alexa, play Melden Law and Friends. And, <laughs> and there are probably Alexas all over the city right now that are trying to play your show. Um, sorry about that for those who are watching. No, that's cool. uh, and so, that's our reality. We do that in our, in our home, right? right? We're in the kitchen and we say, hey, Alexa, play this. So, I mean, uh, right. you know, I like it. It's amazing. So uh, this, this weekend, uh, today, because of COVID, uh, you know, last year, no one could gather for Easter. And so this was a this was the first time in my life and first time in, in memory, unless someone was 100 years old and remembers the last pandemic, that we were, as a church family and a Christian community, we were apart on Easter Sunday. Mm. So we developed something last year, which was an online journey to the cross experience that people could watch wow. from home. And so uh, today we're going to be uh, hosting that again and just allowing people to from their homes, or if they want to gather in small groups, they can go onto our website at westsidebaptist.org. They can do the journey to the cross experience, and it just takes the the person who's participating through that journey that Christ mm -hmm. had from the Last Supper to the trial to the crucifixion itself. Um, then on Sunday, we're going to gather in six different ways. We've got wow. six different services. One of them is a sunrise service where we'll gather outside. And What time uh, will that be? That'll be at 7 o'clock on Sunday at our main west side campus at 10,000 West Newberry Road. Uh, then at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11 o'clock, we have the more traditional services indoors with masks and social distancing, of course, to help people feel safe and comfortable. And uh, then at our satellite location, our, uh, our, our additional southwest campus, uh, we'll have a service at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at that location. So what is got, the address of the main campus where all this will be going so on? So the, the Newberry Road campus okay. is at 10,000 West Newberry Road. And then the Southwest campus is on 75th Street, just south of Archer Road. And uh, either one of those campuses are, are open to receive you and they'll be socially distanced. Uh, a lot of protocols in place to make people feel safe. And uh, so there's six options. And then if anyone who's still at home and, and trying to shelter in place, we have online at westsidebaptist.org. It's live streamed all online. And also we're on TV 20, seven o'clock Sunday mornings, uh, each and every week we're on TV 20 there. Now, how long have you been on TV 20? We've been on TV 20 now for, I think, uh, at least five, six years. And uh, we are grateful for our partnership with them. We, mm -hmm. we have many that, uh, I think we've got about a thousand people that watch on TV mm -hmm. 20 every week. And so many that call or email us and say, hey, thank you for making the service available on TV 20. Uh, it's, this is the only way I can get church. I don't have a computer. Okay. I can't get out of my house, but I'm watching on TV yeah. 20. So th th you have a service. Is there anybody in the um in the chapel at the time, or uh, how, how does that work? Uh, it, the service. seven o'clock service. The it, the well, oh, on television. I'm sorry, on television. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we have. Uh, uh, you can call in, and someone is available for you. You can email wow. in. So if you're watching and you need some, you know, prayer or personal care, uh, we have ways. That's, that's really cool. So, so how does the production of that? Uh, 
happen. Must be pretty and so we have significant. A, yes, <laughs> we've got a fantastic team and uh, media director Cameron Crowley who works behind the scenes. Uh, we have a multi-camera operation. We have volunteers that run that. We have uh, the back end of that with the the switcher and the engineers and all that just mm -hmm. working behind the scenes to make that service just flow as seamlessly mm -hmm. as possible through the internet or through television. Let me ask you about your music ministry. I know you, sure. you made reference earlier that you had been involved in Christian music and, and so forth. And, and I go to a church, a Christian church, right. a United Church, uh, First United Methodist Church of, yes. of Gainesville. And I love the music ministry there. I'm part of the choir. So tell us about your choir and, and the music ministry at the, the Baptist Church. Sure. So uh, we have a wonderful choir and a wonderful orchestra. And uh, they'll be with us for two of those services on Easter Sunday at uh, the 8 o'clock and 9.30. And uh, they, they're, they're not what you'd call traditional, where they come out in the robes and, and sing very stodgy. Is it a praise they, band that you have? Or we, well? we have a praise band, but we, we put mm -hmm. the choir and orchestra with them. And then at the 11 o'clock service, it's just that praise band. So some people like a little less formal, a little more modern feel. And so if that's, uh, if that's your style, 11 o'clock is for you. It's kind of mm -hmm. striped down and, and more simple. Um, but our choir and orchestra, uh, pre-COVID, uh, we sang about 120 voices. Uh, that's a big choir. It, it's, a, it's a big <laughs> choir and uh, about a 30-piece orchestra. Uh, that's only a, only a fraction of that has come back uh, mm -hmm. because of the challenges of COVID. But it's still about 40 people who are up in that loft every Sunday morning, leading out, and uh, about 20 in our orchestra that carry that musically. And they're a wonderful group of volunteers that uh, they just, they give all their talent. And it's it's wonderful to see them up there every single week. Well, I, I, I can see why you have such a large congregation, because you really seem to make it an engaging and wonderful experience for um, all of the parishioners. We, we try, you know, we, we try to allow people to uh, come in and receive something, but also be able to give something of themselves so that they can give back in thankfulness to all that God has given us. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other community service that your church does. And I sure. know there's a lot. Right. Uh, we talked about the Amazon trip. That by and of itself is amazing. And there are many things that the church does locally. Yeah, so we have you know, mission trips going out all over the place across the world through the year. And uh, locally, we are partnered with some fantastic organizations in town that serve the underprivileged parts of our community. And uh, we're grateful for those partnerships and we work alongside them throughout the year. And in addition, we, we service people through our benevolence ministry, people that have just hit a hard time and they're in a, a financial need, you know, need food. We're mm. partnered with some uh, food banks in town that help us with that. And so uh, anything that we can think to do to be the hands and feet of Christ in our community, that's what we want to do. And so we look for ways all the time of doing that and more. That's amazing. I, uh, you know, I, I know that uh, your congregation is one of the largest and most prominent in the community. And that's kind of great because with all of that, um, you know, I would call it manpower, you know, right. you can really <laughs> make right. a difference, right? That's right. Yeah, you really can. Get, get everybody in the same direction. So, Unfortunately, we've only got about a minute left. Yes. So I think we're going to have to have you back in the very near future. <laughs> well, I'd love to come and, back and talk you. about some more things that you individually are doing, things that your church is doing. And you, you've got such a, if I can just pay you a compliment, a, such a wonderful presentation and demeanor about you. Thank and you. I, I can see that just from, from listening to you and watching you. And I'm, I'm sure you do an outstanding job. For your church, so you you might just have an extra guest at that sunrise service uh, co coming up. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Again, Asa, thank you very very much. And we've got another dynamic young youth leader, or I should say, from the what I will call a young leader from the faith uh, section in uh, North Central Florida, Mendel Goldman. From uh, I'm not even going to try to the pronounce Chabad <laughs> Jewish Center at the University of Florida. Where, where this man and his family have had a significant presence for a long time, and we'll, we'll talk more about that after the break. You are watching Meldon Law and Friends, our Easter weekend show. Today is Friday, April 2nd. Again, Asa, thank you so much, and uh, best of luck with all your endeavors and all of the church's wonderful services that it does, and 
I'll pay you a visit soon. Thank you. I'll look forward to it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jeffrey. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Welcome back to today's edition of Melden Law and Friends. Today is Friday, April 2nd. It is Good Friday and also the seventh day of Passover, and we're going to be talking about that. This is our 23rd episode, Jeffrey, of Melden Law and Friends. One important announcement I want to make, I neglected to make it during the first two segments, is that next week we are going to a brand new day. We are going to be broadcasting effective next week on April 6th, which will be a Tuesday. And we'll be doing each and every Tuesday thereafter. And that's very exciting. Yeah, and it's going to be live so our uh, Facebook friends can, uh, uh, you know, send in questions and uh, we'll uh, be able to answer them. It's kind of, we've been doing our radio show live now for uh, 19 years. It's, so we're used to taking uh, questions. We, we so. rolled with the punches this weekend. <laughs> I think they had a pre-recorded thing saying today's episode is pre-recorded and Jeffrey jumps on and said, no, it's not. We're live. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens with uh, live. It's more fun. It's, uh, I think, more engaging. So we're really looking forward to uh going to a, a, a live, live format I am excited. And it'll be 1 o'clock. So starting next Tuesday, April 6th, Melden Law and Friends. We'll put up a graphic to remind everybody. We'll put it out on social media. Our podcast from here on out will be at 1 p.m. on Tuesday. It is our 24th episode next week, and it will we've streamed live for the first 23 episodes, and this will be one where we can take questions on Facebook Live, so whatever questions you want to ask, Jeffrey Meldon. What do they say in uh, social media? Ask me anything. <laughs> AMA, right. it'll be one of those ask me anything type situations. So we'll have some guests on. So whether you have questions for the guests or questions for us, whatever you want to talk about, follow us on Facebook Live next week, starting Tuesday, April 6th at 1 p.m., and we'll answer your questions and have a lot of fun doing that. Also want to remind everybody that we still have tickets left for this uh, this, this weekend's or Saturday, tomorrow night's game. The um, Let's see, we have baseball against uh, Ole Miss. It's April 3rd tomorrow, Saturday. We have four, uh, actually we have a group of four tickets and a group of two tickets. So we've yeah. got six tickets available. And these are, these are big games because... Uh, yeah. The Gators kind of stumbled last weekend against uh, South Carolina, they but did. this is their chance to get back in the fight. I mean, they still have this incredible team with a lot of uh, future major league stars it's, on it. It's unbelievable and, how great the team is. And the season's still young, so uh, we're just getting into the SEC season, and uh, the SEC has an incredible lineup of great teams, and they're coming to Gainesville you know, week in and week out, and we're giving away tickets. We're, it's the only place you can get tickets, even though they've expanded, you know, the stadium capacity. It's now been condensed from six feet away to three feet away. They've increased capacity. The best way to get tickets is to go to our website, go to the homepage, and what do they need to do? Just go to the homepage <laughs> of MeldenLaw.com. Go to the top of the homepage. You'll see the red bar that says enter the contest. And it's as simple as that. So uh, take advantage of it and uh, you, you're going to really enjoy it. I go to all the baseball games I can, softball. I was going to gymnastics when they were still uh, here. So I'm telling you, we have some great Gator athletics. Enjoy it. You'll have a good time. It's a great family outing. I want to say one more thing before we get to our great next guest. We had a terrific episode last week. And for those who may not have seen it, it, it personally, I think, is my favorite of the first 22 that we did. It had to do with the music industry in Gainesville, this man, and the Great Southern Music Hall. If you haven't seen that, we have gotten so much positive response to Jeffrey and Albert T. Badgey and Jim Forsman. It was a hoot. <laughs> I mean, those three guys riffing and me just sitting back. and But I learned a lot of things, and uh, I know there's been some great response to that podcast. Yeah, it, it's it's fun doing it. And uh, so uh, 
everything that we've done on this show has really been um, exciting. And today um, I invited one of my very dear friends, uh, Mendel Goldman, uh, who is a rabbi in training. And I uh, want to uh, welcome Mendel to the show. How are you Thank doing you. I'm today? I'm doing great. Thank God. Well, good. So uh, this week is Passover. Today is Friday. It's the seventh uh, night of uh, Passover. Um, and uh, it, for me, it's a special um, day because the seventh night of Passover is always when I um, observe my father's yard site, uh, which is in the Jewish religion, whenever uh, your mother or father pass, uh, you celebrate uh, that day in the Hebrew calendar uh, as long as you live and you honor your mother and your father and you, uh, you know, uh, keep, keep their spirit in your mind. So this week is always uh, special for me. Um, and tonight I'll be uh, at services and uh, observing my, uh, my father, Harry Meldon's uh, uh, yard site. So uh, I, I'm very privileged and pleased that uh, we can have Mendel Goldman on. Uh, Mendel, um, so you're the oldest of eight children, is that right? I am, yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank God, yeah. And so you just had his 21st yeah, birthday. Yeah. I did, yes. Okay, you're, yes. so you're 21, 21 now, right? Yeah. Okay, so your, your, your mother uh, and father are both very involved with uh, what we call here the Lubavitch Chabad um, Student and Community Jewish Center. Correct. Did I get that name Jewish, right? Yeah, Jewish Better Center. than I would have huh? done. Jewish Center, yeah. Jewish Center, right, right. right. Yeah. And uh, by way of background, um, when the Goldman family came here to start the Jewish Center, it was what, 2000? Correct, May of 2000. And you were how old? I was two months old. Okay. <laughs> I don't two remember that. Time. So you have literally grown up in the center. Correct. So, uh, and and uh, my brother, uh, Barry Baruch, was very involved with uh, Chabad for 45 years now. And when uh, your mom and dad came to town, my brother uh, put us together right away. Right. <laughs> so I've known Mendel since he was literally three or four or five months old and um, have seen him grow and develop uh, as a, uh, a fine young man and now a rabbi in training, correct? Yeah. And yeah. tell us a little bit about your journey and you know what it's like growing up with your, your mom and dad <laughs> and uh, eight kids and all that. Well, it's a very uh, interesting uh, experience, especially since there's no uh, Jewish education centered in Gainesville. I went to an online school actually throughout my youth and it was uh, quite interesting interacting. Now everybody knows Zoom and how to interact via the computer, but I've been uh, doing that since I was a little kid and uh, constantly interacting with the students and the community on the weekly basis was a very interesting uh, experience as a child. Yeah, because when I go visit your, your dad, you know, uh, after work, sometimes I go there and I, you know, see you and your brothers and sisters all in your, you know, cubicles working on the computer. But you've been doing that since how right. long? Since probably seven or eight years old. I even had a Zoom, uh, uh, phone school before that. But Oh, so before Zoom. Before you were... Zoom, there was okay. phone school and then it <laughs> turned into via webcam and uh, online. So was it actually Zoom or just a web? No, it was a different. It was a different platform. I, okay. I don't remember. <laughs> but so you you've been used to you know remote education, Correct. right? Yeah. And then um, at a certain point, at a certain age, you went to where there was a major Jewish center of learning. Correct. Correct. I went to Chicago. My grandparents live in Chicago, and I went to uh, live in Chicago with them and learn over there. And what was the center like there? It's a very large Jewish community, very different than uh, Gainesville. You know, I had friends uh, in my class that I could actually see every day. I didn't need to use Windows on the computer. I actually had real Windows <laughs> in, my, real windows. in okay. my classroom. It was a very new experience, and it was uh, very positive to, you know, branch out a little bit into a uh, large Jewish community. Was it like living in a dormitory situation there? Was, or what? Right. So before high school, I lived with my grandparents 
following in high school it is I lived in a dorm setting from high school and on. And, and what was the learning experience like during the day? What kind of things were you studying? Well, you have, there's a uh, rigorous uh, program of Talmud and Jewish studies throughout the day, followed by secular studies in the end of the day. So it's a long uh, day from 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. That was just uh, in my middle school education. And so you combine both secular studies with religious studies. Right. Um, so you'd be studying, you know, math and English and science, and right? Correct. Science and all of that. Right. And um, how do how um, does the science interact with biblical stories and stuff like that? Right. So there's many uh, books and many different topics. It was, you know, everybody thinks that science and biblical is always clashing. But there's many ways that you could see how already in from the times of the Talmud and from the early rabbis, you could already see a lot of these scientific ideas coming out. And it's really incredible to see the interaction between those two worlds together. Could you explain for our listeners and viewers a little bit about what the Talmud is? Because you've referred to it now a few right, times. Right. Generally speaking, the Talmud is right after the Roman uh, period and after the destruction of the Second Temple, around the year 100 and on uh, AD. And it's a collection of discussions from rabbis in their yeshivas, in their schools, discussing different ideas in the Torah. And it's really the uh, epicenter of Jewish learning, as we know it, from these discussions that they had all the way back then in Babylon and Israel. Now, I'm a lawyer, and uh, I know the Talmud has a lot of legal uh, uh, teachings and almost like legal decisions, right? Correct. It's full of legal discussions, and many of today's modern law is based off of Talmudic discussions and ideas. Really? So it was passed down. How was it passed down, you know, before computers and before the printing press? <laughs> right. So like it was, it's transcribed. It's around 50, over 50 volumes. And it's transcribed in Aramaic, and that's a. And today you could find it in English or any language. So, so the the uh, would they have courts? Would they have groups, learning communities? How, how would they decide what would go into the Talmud? Right. So there's actually the there's six generations that span through the Talmud from the year 50 to the around the year 200, and at the end there's two great rabbis who were, so to speak, the editors who decided which discussions would go in and uh, which ones would be left out. And when did the Talmud start being uh, documented? So it, it was already from the year 52 through 200, and then they was actually published together, together as one wow. concurrent volumes of uh, different thoughts and ideas. And, and it's continued to be uh, evolving, right? It's even Today, is, is there still right. editions there's, being there's, made? hundreds of thousands of volumes of commentary on the Talmud. Wow. We've got to go to a break, and this is fascinating. I mean, this is all new education for me, and I, I'm sure for many of our viewers and listeners, too. So thank you so much for all that you're sharing. We will be back in just a moment with Mendel Goldman. And want to remind everybody, you are watching Melden Law and Friends. This Today is Friday, April 2nd. For those who don't know, our primary practice areas are personal injury cases, which mean big truck crashes, automobile, motor vehicle crashes, pedestrian accidents, trip and fall, slip and fall cases, anything involving injury caused by the negligence or carelessness of another. And we also handle criminal defense cases, including DUI cases. We will be right back for our fourth and final segment. And thank you so much for watching and listening. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Hello and welcome back to the fourth and final segment of today's episode of Melden Law and Friends, our 23rd episode. We want to remind everybody that starting next week, we go to Tuesdays. 
Our first 23 episodes have been on Fridays. We now will be streaming live on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. beginning on Tuesday, April 6th, and we will be taking questions on Facebook Live. So if you follow us in our initial streaming broadcast starting next Tuesday, the 6th of April, starting 1 p.m., you can follow along, ask us questions. It's AMA format. That's what they say in social media. Ask me anything. So Jeffrey will be here to take your questions. We'll have guests, whomever it may be. Follow us on the show. Ask us questions. Also, you know, Jeffrey, we have gone a whole episode without saying we are the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. I got that right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we're so proud of it. Uh, it enables us to uh, interact with the community, giving away tickets to all the Florida uh, sporting events. And also just, uh, it's an honor to be able to support the Gators because we're from Gainesville. We, you know? we are. And I, I just want to flip back to what I said at the beginning of today's episode. I was in Ocala this past weekend, and I am just so I, I, I was touched by the reception we had. People actually, we were at a pro wrestling event we were sponsoring. People went into a chant of Meldon Law, Meldon Law. Uh, there, we were talking about our brand new office that just opened at 1326 South Pine Avenue, right across from what used to be Monroe Regional. It's now Ad, Advent Hospital, Adventist Hospital. Yes. Uh, any, anyhow, it, you won't miss it. Gorgeous sign that this man and his son worked on so hard and uh, you will love the office. Please stop by. Just stop by and say hello. We've got some goodies for you. You know, these hot and cold mugs, whatever it may be. Please visit the new office in Ocala. Let's get right back, though, to Mendel Goldman. And uh, we're going to talk about Passover. Yeah. So, uh, Mendel, um, today um, is Friday and we're the seventh day of Passover. Uh, for our listeners, uh, can you give uh, give us a little description of, uh, you know, what Passover is and, uh, you know, uh, what some of the uh, ceremonies are? And just uh, let's have a little Passover talk. Right. So Passover is known as uh, the birth of the Jewish people uh, with the exodus from Egypt. The idea behind God taking the Jews out of Egypt was in order to bring them to the promised land, the land of Israel and to receive the Torah, which are the commandments from God. So Passover really is the main holiday on the Jewish calendar because it really represents Jews and who we are as a nation. That is the forming uh, holiday. And what are some of the commemorative you know, events that happen during Passover? Right, so obviously everyone knows on Passover the famous Seder, where we sit down as usually a family, by uh, the Jewish center, it's a little bigger than that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we drink four cups of wine and we eat the uh, matzah and the bitter herbs, all to, so to speak, go through and live the experience of the exodus of Egypt twice a year on Passover. So the, the Haggadah is the story of the exodus from uh, Egypt, correct? Right? Yes, that's what we say. We uh, read through the Haggadah, which is just the story, as you said, of the exodus of Egypt while eating some bitter herbs to make you cry a little bit and some matzah that they were only able to bake on their backs because they didn't have time in order to go through uh, the story and live it. And uh, they didn't have time to have the leavened breads, right? Right. That's <laughs> so, why we it, eat the matzah, the real crunchy, thin uh, Bread, not if you could call it that. But you can eat it the rest of the year, oh, too. Oh, yeah, you can eat it if, if you Good, want to. I have. Yes. <laughs> Some people like it for health reasons. And yeah, if you want to keep your, your waistline down, it's a little bit less uh, carbohydrates and stuff. Right. I, I have matzah around the house all the time. I wanted to um, ask you, um, you know, the so the, the Exodus, uh, the story of Exodus uh, in, in the Bible is a story of Passover. Correct. And uh, everybody, you know, knows the, the story from either the movie, The Ten Commandments or from uh, whatever, whatever uh, you've seen. What, um, what today, right, um, we're going through COVID, okay? And in, in the uh, Haggadah, in the story of Passover, 
there were 10 plagues, right? <laughs> okay. I want to ask you what your thought is. Do you think that back then COVID would have been considered one of the 10 plagues? <laughs> I, I don't know, but with the amount of suffering that people have been uh, going through through COVID, I would definitely say it would, it would uh, suffice to be one. Yeah. Be, you know, I mean, it, yeah, I'm very serious about that because there were some serious plagues that went on and they were documented in the story of Exodus and that, uh, you know, you, you can see how, you know, we're going through a great deal of suffering and uh, it's been very uh, difficult. So I, that's just something that kind of came into my mind. Now, Passover is uh, eight days long. Is that correct? That is correct. And explain how, do you know why it got to be eight days long? Correct. So the eight days corresponds to sort of the beginning of the holiday, really, and the end of the holiday. Okay. The beginning is when the Jews actually left the, uh, left the land of Egypt. And the end is actually culminates in the splitting of the sea tonight, the seventh night of Passover. That is the significance of the seven nights. So, so the dramatic story of the Red Sea parting and the Jews um, exiting uh, Egypt um, uh, and then entering uh, the Promised Land. Now, they didn't really enter e Israel right away, right? Right. It took them another 40 years uh, in order to land, enter the land of Israel because of the sin of the Golden Calf, which happened three months later. So do you think that 40 years had anything to do with trying to um, change the mindset of the people into being uh, free people versus slaves? Absolutely. The, it says the first generation, the generation of the Exodus was, all died in the desert. And the reason that you needed a new generation is like you just said, in order to get rid of that slave mentality, that boxed in uh, way of thinking that we all have, and to branch out a little bit, to know what to be free, to work on the land, to do something a little bit yourself, as opposed to being reliant on both the slave masters and God, and to start working a little bit on your own. And that's why they needed those 40 years. So then um, we get to the end of Passover, okay, it's eight days. What What is the eighth day? What What's going on in the story at the end of Passover. Right, so the eighth day is the uh, splitting of the sea. It's really the seventh day, however, due to different calculations in terms of when the moon, uh, the new moon, <laughs> the people outside of the land of Israel have to keep an extra day due to uh, calculations back then. So certain Jewish holidays, you have two days, like for Rosh Hashanah, right? Rosh Hashanah, though, correct. It all has to do with uh, biblical calculations in terms of the new moon. And the Jewish calendar is based on the moon, right. not the sun. Right. It's lunar solar. It has an extra month in order to keep, as opposed to Islam, where the we're constantly dancing around the Georgian calendar, around the solar calendar. The Jewish calendar has leap months added in in order to keep generally with the seasons. And, uh, were the, and there were there are adjustments even correct. within adding the extra correct, month yeah. on. So let's talk real um, uh, right now. Let's talk about what goes on at the Labavitch Chabad uh, Student and Community Jewish Center. So Passover has a few restrictions in terms of uh, food that we can only eat non-leavened food and many, many, many products have leavened in them. Therefore, besides for the Seder meals that we provide and hundreds come to our Seders, we even have every single day during the days in between mm. uh, the first and second day and the last days, we have services and meals to provide those students and community members who want a friendly uh, Passover food experience, as well as the last days, we have uh, services and dinner as well provided. Now, um, how many Jewish student centers around uh, col different colleges around the United States are there? I would probably say it's somewhere near 100, but that's a ballpark Okay, estimation. That's what I've heard, too. Right. <laughs> now, um, is it true that uh, at the University of Florida, the student Jewish center is either the largest or one of the largest it in is, the whole? It is one of the largest, yes. And, and why is that? Why is that? Well, we have a great community 
of supporters in the Gainesville area who support our activities and a great <laughs> Mr. Melvin and a great uh, student population who encourages and comes to our I, I think a lot of it has to do with your amazing father. Yes, also, we, we had we had your father, Rabbi Burl Goldman, on one of our very first, I think it was our second podcast, and I've gotten to know him through Jeffrey and Carrie, and what an amazing man. And boy, I can sure tell you are his son. <laughs> you look like him, you speak like him, you've got the same demeanor. I think you're going to make quite an amazing rabbi. Thank you, thank you. Well, we're very excited uh, to have Mendel Goldman on the show tonight, and the, the other thing I want you to mention is the University of Florida has the largest student Jewish population and also Santa Fe um, in the United States. And mm -hmm. it, uh, we're, you know, we're very proud of that. And it makes it all the mo more important what you're doing there because you're serving a huge number of Jewish students that are attending school here. Absolutely. To give them resources and the ability to be able to practice Judaism and get in touch with their Judaism to the fullest extent that they would like. Now, besides just Passover, things are going on every day. Uh, oh, absolutely. Center. We have classes on all ranges of uh, Jewish subjects, as well as services and dinner for Sabbath and so much more beyond. And one thing we talked with your father about is the fact that the center has been so involved in mass giveaways, in donating food. I, I was just amazed and touched. And it's not just for the Jewish community, it's for oh, everybody in, in the Gainesville community. And that's still going on, Absol correct? Correct, we are still giving out uh, food drives and uh, mass giveaways in order to you know, be in touch and help as much our community because ultimately the University of Florida can't be what it is without the community of Gainesville around us and keeping us strong. And even it, it's actually a community center. It's not just students that show up. Right, exactly. absolutely. We have preschool and other events just for community and for the community as well. And there's a large number of the um, uh, Jews within the Gainesville community participate mm -hmm. in Chabad. Oh, cool. um, many of them are also members of other congregations as well. Right. But... Uh, yeah, I've always felt like, you know, uh, the University of Florida and Gainesville have, uh, you know, mm -hmm. blessed me with uh, a lot of prosperity. And it's been an honor for me to participate and give back to the students who are uh, a, a vital part of what the University of Florida is. We've only got about a minute, minute and a half left. One thing I know about you is that you're also a diehard Gator fan. Oh, yeah. I, we, 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 we sat together at that unfortunate LSU game, but you, you follow all the teams, right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, the Gators are, we, we hope for the best always. Well, <laughs> yeah. what, what listeners may not know, is that Mendel Goldman knows a lot more about Gator sports than I do. He's a walking okay? dictionary, he literally. Knows, and he knows a lot. He's met a lot of the players over at the <sighs> Jewish Center. He's been involved. And he's lived in Gainesville his, his whole life and uh, has really you know, become a diehard uh, Gator fan. Sure has. So uh, you, you can be both you know, uh, very <laughs> religiously involved and a Gator All fan. Right. So that's important because... Uh, Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. <laughs> we are. We're going to have to wrap up, guys. Great episode. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. sure we'll have you and your father on very, very soon. I want to remind everybody, starting next week on Tuesday, we will be streaming live our, our program, our podcast, Melvin Law and Friends, next Tuesday, April 6th at 1 p.m. You can follow us live on Facebook. Text us questions, whatever they may be. We'll have two great guests, as we always do. Or ask Jeffrey anything. Ask him how he stays in such great shape. <laughs> whatever it may be. Again, thank you so much for participating. We wish you a wonderful Easter weekend, a wonderful Passover, whatever it is you may be recognizing or observing. We had two wonderful representatives from the faith community. Spread the word about this podcast. You can watch it on YouTube, you can watch it on Facebook Live, and 39 audio platforms. Thanks so much for being a part of the show, and we'll see you next week.